I have a very chocolatey week for you. It's been a very chocolatey week for me. I started judging the hundred or so samples that I've been sent by the Academy of Chocolate for their awards. And I led my first chocolate tour in a really long time. These days, mostly my team lead the tours and I run the bespoke ones. But it was really nice to get back and see all the people in the shops again. And to eat the chocolate, of course. I have some chocolate finds this week to share with you from Yorkshire, the top places to go for chocolate in Yorkshire. And a couple of biscuits that I think you should try in London. These are also chocolatey. I thought, as well as telling you about this chocolate, I would also address a question that I get asked a lot. How do you tell what is a good quality bar? What tastes great, obviously, but also what is actually ethical and sustainable? This is episode 10 of The Next Delicious Thing, your weekly, slightly geeky food podcast where I share with you the things that need to go to the top of your list to try next and hopefully something that will be useful for you in your food explorations. Like this week, where I'm going to help you make sure that you buy better chocolate. Of course, if you just want to go and eat whatever chocolate makes you happy right now, that is totally fine as well. I'm your host, Jennifer Earle. You can call me Jen. I have been running chocolate tours and tastings for 17 years. I am an international chocolate judge and I'm on the grand jury of the Academy of Chocolate Awards. So let's get to that very important question of how to know what chocolate is good. There are five clues that you need to look out for. The trouble is that big manufacturers of chocolate know that these things that I'm going to share with you are things that sometimes can be clues. And so they use these things to try and suggest that their chocolate is better than it is. So I'm going to tell you exactly what you should look out for to make sure that you are not being tricked by these big companies. The five things are the ingredients, the price, certifications, awards, and the amount of detailed information that the company includes on their packaging. I'm going to explain a bit more about what those things you should be looking for are in a minute. When it comes to ingredients, the best craft chocolate makers, who tend to also be the ones producing sustainable and ethical chocolate, will only list their ingredients in a plain dark chocolate as cocoa beans or cacao beans and sugar. Some of the great ones will also use sunflower lecithin or soy lecithin. This is less common, but they could still be a fantastic maker. That's it. In a dark chocolate, those are the only ingredients you want to see. In a milk chocolate, there'll be milk powder added. And if it's flavored, then it might obviously have other ingredients. But if you see cocoa mass or cocoa liquor, it's unlikely that they're purchasing cocoa beans, so they don't control the whole process. The one other ingredient you might see is cocoa butter or cacao butter. Sometimes chocolate makers will add extra cocoa butter to their recipe. This is okay, but if you see anything else, then I would be very wary. Then you need to look at price. Obviously, there's a huge variance. Most bars sell for much more than that, the great ones. And some of that comes down to economies of scale. Some of it comes down to 
companies going for volume and accepting a lower margin. There are varying prices for cocoa beans. So the really premium cocoa beans will cost a lot more, which is reflected in the cost of the bar, which will taste significantly better than its peers. But I would just really ask you to be suspicious of bars that are not that expensive. And this is the bit where companies can play tricks on you and they will charge a lot of money for their bars, have great packaging and use some of the other indicators that I'm going to share with you, but they're not actually good. So it needs to have a minimum price, but just hitting that minimum price doesn't necessarily mean that it will be great and or ethical. That minimum price that you're looking for is at least five pounds or like eight dollars per hundred grams. The next best shortcut and possibly the best shortcut is to look for awards on the packaging. So particularly the Academy of Chocolate and the International Chocolate Awards. Obviously, as I mentioned, I'm a judge, so I'm slightly biased. But there are also other local awards in New Zealand and in the US. So if you see a sticker and you don't know about the awards and perhaps have a quick look online, if they're specialized fine chocolate awards, then they are much more likely to be accurate than general food awards. Having an award is not just about having a great tasting bar, although that's helpful because there's a lot of expensive bars that have great stories that are not very nice tasting. The other reason is because in order to enter those fine chocolate awards, you have to meet a certain standards. So the ingredients will be how I described, not having any vegetable fats or anything other than cocoa butter to bulk out the chocolate and make it cheaper to produce. So that is the other reason to look out for them. Not all chocolate makers enter awards or necessarily have gotten around to it if they're too new. So don't let it put you off buying a chocolate bar if they don't have an award. But um, it is great if you're struggling to choose. Two more things. So the other thing you'll see on a lot of packaging is certification. People ask me a lot about what I think about Fairtrade and Rainforest Alliance and Oots and other similar certifications. That might be a subject for a whole other podcast, but I appreciate what those agencies and organizations have done to raise the standards amongst the mass cacao, what's mostly purchased everywhere. However, in my experience, chocolate that has those certifications does not taste as good as chocolate that wins awards which almost never has those certifications. So it is generally still bulk cacao, which is not fine flavored if it has those certifications. In my opinion, these certifications really don't go as far as the best chocolate makers do. Generally, these chocolate makers are buying directly and paying at least another 20% more than the companies using the certifications, sometimes 200% more. The exception is organic. Organic is very stringent and really takes into account the sustainability of the land. So it is a fantastic uh, certification and you have lots of fine quality cocoa that does have an organic sticker on it. So I definitely wouldn't be put off by that. It is expensive though, so I also wouldn't be concerned if there isn't an organic sticker on a product, unless obviously you're specifically looking for organic products. Almost all cocoa farms are looked after in an organic way, but the certification is a significant investment. The final thing that is a clue, if you don't have all of the other information, is 
on the packaging, how much of a story does the brand, the company tell you about the beans that they're using to make their bar? Perhaps they'll tell you about the processes that so might have a roasting temperature or a conching time, or they'll tell you the name of the farmer or where they first encountered the beans. The more you have of those messages, that can be an indicator of great quality, great ethics, sustainability, and so on. It can also be something that big companies use to give you the idea. <laughs> something like the cocoa percentage and the origin is a minimum. And both of those things are often used by large companies to give some kind of halo effect, some impression that the chocolate is exceptional quality. Saying it's 70% from Ecuador could mean it's fantastic, could mean it's pretty rubbish. I always explain to people it's like choosing a wine based on the alcohol percentage and or the country that it comes from. It's just not enough information. Like It's helpful and you need it, but it won't tell you about the quality. With regards to stories, if you uh, specifically focus on the ethics and sustainability of chocolate, then a great thing to look out for is if a company describes itself as being a cooperative or the brand describes itself as being a cooperative, because that means that much more of the income from the sale of the bars is going back to the farmers. So um, that may or may not be the most amazing quality, can be, um, but that's something that will be definitely um, a promising indicator. If you weren't taking notes, um, then please go to the nextdeliciousthing.com where I have put all of these things so you can go back and read it at your convenience. I'm also going to include a link to the recent award winners from the Academy of Chocolate and the International Chocolate Awards. So wherever you are in the world, people enter from so many different countries. So you'll probably be able to find something that is excellent and local to you. If you have specific bars and you would like to know, feel free to reach out. You can find me on social media at The Next Delicious Thing or at thenextdeliciousthing at gmail.com. So what chocolate should you be eating this week? Well, this is in case you are making a trip to Yorkshire. Yorkshire is the largest county in England. It is almost 3 million acres and that is about 12,000 kilometers squared. It doesn't quite stretch fully from east to west, from coast to coast, but it almost does. It has a long stretch of coastline on the east side of the country. It is considerably north of London, south of Newcastle, and it contains the third, fifth and sixth largest cities in all of the UK by population. Most people, when they hear Yorkshire, think of York, which is a much uh, smaller t city still, that was built by Romans. It still has city walls that are intact. It has the York Minster built in the 13th century and the Shambles, which are medieval streets. There are two very large national parks and a wonderful food scene. Leeds is a real centre for vegan food in the UK. Harrogate hosts a food festival and York hosts a chocolate festival. Then there are lots of small market towns as well. My top tips for chocolate in Yorkshire are these. In York, Karen Waller, a multi-award winning chocolatier, opened Tempt York 2021. Her shop is entirely vegan. She makes her own version of milk and white chocolate using oats, cashews and macadamia nuts. And she mostly makes lots of beautiful truffles, caramels, fondants. 
and pralines. It's right in the center of York as well, so very easy to reach. In York, you can also visit the York Chocolate Story, a museum, very interactive about chocolate. And at York Cocoa Works, you'll be able to see chocolate being made. You can also see chocolate being made from the cocoa bean in Sheffield at Bullion Chocolate. I particularly love their milk chocolate. It is really malty. It's 50% cocoa content. And Max has done a great job. He also, well, he and his team also make some of the best brownies I've ever had. I still need to visit and I'm very excited to. I will report back more on the other products he sells, but you can't go wrong with his brownies and that milk chocolate. I was in Yorkshire over Easter weekend and I finally managed to stop in Moulton, which is a pretty market town, at Florian Poirot, a small chocolate shop in a little courtyard with other lovely food businesses. Florian Poirot was recommended to me by our mutual friend Fred, who is also French and is the head chef at Goo, the puddings you find in the supermarket, and has been since they first launched. He has exceptional taste, so I will always go anywhere he recommends. Florian makes chocolates in the French style, which I discussed in episode seven, similar to how Hill Street make their chocolate. So all of Florian's chocolates are rectangles, quite firm ganaches and pralines with a very thin coating of chocolate. He uses Valrona, also makes macarons. And my favorite thing was actually his cookie, which was milk chocolate, hazelnut and sea salt. They don't have a shop, but I'd also like to give a shout out to Loudon in Leeds. It's been wonderful to watch how Sun and Stephen have grown their business. And Stephen competed on the Great British Bake Off Professionals. And this year won UK Chocolate Masters, which is really impressive for someone who used to work in IT. <laughs> He's only trained within his own company and done some work with other people and done lots of courses, but he's never had a permanent job working as a pastry chef or as a chocolatier until he created his own, well, joined Sun in the company that she started. So their um, chocolate pecans are particularly Moorish and their chocolate hazelnut spread in the jar is also so good. If you have other recommendations for chocolate in Yorkshire, please let me know and I will update the blog post where you'll find this list. If you search for chocolate Yorkshire on thenextdeliciousthing.com, you'll see everything there. Finally, the two chocolatey biscuits that I mentioned I would be telling you about that you can find in London. One I bought again when I was leading the chocolate tour. It's from William Curley. It's called a Viennese Whirl and it is two soft biscuits sandwiched together with a thick circle of soft chocolate ganache and in the center is salted caramel and it is heavenly. The other one is from Sweet Things Cakery in Hampstead and they make a s'mores biscuit which is apparently one of their best selling items. It's like a digestive base, so like a graham cracker if you're listening from North America. And it has marshmallow and chocolate. It's a really nice soft marshmallow, so I didn't expect to love it, but I really did. The chocolate balanced the sticky sweetness of the marshmallow, and it was very easy to scoff, frankly. Incidentally, I always thought the word scoff came from Escoffier, the French chef Auguste Escoffier, who was the head chef at the Savoy Hotel from 1890. 
He was brought there from France by Caesar Ritz. They used to work together in France. He was a hotel manager. You probably recognize his name because he went on to run the Ritz, own the Ritz, and he took Escoffier with them. You might recognize Escoffier as the chef who created the Peach Melba for Dame Nellie Melba, the Australian singer. Interestingly, Escoffier, Ritz, and their colleague Louis Echenard, who was the maitre d', were found guilty of fraud. The Savoy Hotel owners noticed that despite sales going up, profits were going down. They hired an investigative team who worked out that Escoffier had been getting kickbacks from suppliers. So they cost the Savoy around £16,000. It was agreed that he would pay 8000 He ended up only paying £500 because that was all the money he had to his name. Professionally, it worked out pretty well. He went on to work for Caesar Ritz, who opened the hotel that you will all know as so famous in London on Piccadilly. So that's not where the word scoff comes from. It is apparently an 18th century word, the dialect, scaff, which means to eat voraciously, which is what I did with that s'mores biscuit, and I recommend you do as well. I've created a separate blog post on thenextdeliciousthing.com for the best chocolate biscuits in London. This is going to be an evolving list. The link is in the show notes, and it currently includes these two plus four others. If you have recommendations, please let me know. Different to chocolate cookies. I'm going to do another list about those, but these are the chocolate biscuits that I love. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. If you like these podcasts, please tell a friend. Remember, you can subscribe to get them via email. Until next week, I wish you a very happy eating. Bye.